Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Here is the Counterpoint panel. Jamie Ellerton, principal at Canaptus PR. Jamie Ellerton, how are you? I'm good, Arlene. How are you? I am good. You're looking snappy tonight. And Kim Wright, who is the VP Public Affairs at Hill and Knowlton Municipal Affairs. Kim, lovely to have you. Happy to be here. All right. Can we do it? I know this has just been blanketing, but we're all still kind of fresh. You know, we just had Michelle Rempel on the show, show and she was still raw on this you could feel what a blow i'll start with you jamie are things getting clear sometimes as the hours go by things get a, a little clearer after these big political announcements here yeah if we can summarize maxim bernier's news conference in two words i would go a sanctimonious diatribe mm-hmm. and no one has really come out in support of what he's looking to do uh, he doesn't even have a new party set up in structure and i think it's actually probably a good thing that he did this before the convention started because this will allow andrew Scheer and the caucus to rally the troops and really kind of present and unify the party coming out of halifax at the end of the weekend Kim, do you agree? I, it, it's true. He, he kept disturbing things. Now he's held this news conference and he's got out of the party all the fractions that we've been covering and thinking were there. Boy, we're seeing a lot of unification here. Well, it's better to leave the party before you're thrown out of the party. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> there's been a lot of that. And, uh, you know, Mr. Bernier has been saying a lot of things on social media or somebody's been writing it on his behalf. Uh, but you know, he's uh, he wanted to be leader. He wasn't leader. He's going to be leader of his own kind of party at some point. What that looks like, how that all plays out, who knows. But uh, a lot of the tweets that I saw today and comments that I saw today uh, really echoed a phrase uh, from uh, that my mother used to say an awful lot of, of don't let the door hit you on the blank on the way out. Uh, and that came from, frankly, a lot of his former campaign staff from the last leadership. So we were going to start to see that come in Halifax, and uh, it's a good thing he wasn't there. He would have had to have somebody taste his lobster rolls for him. Oh, <laughs> nice, colorful comments there. Uh, Jamie, Kim is right, though. There is a sense, you know, here's your hat, what's your hurry? And my dad used to say that one. We could play with this all night, really. And there is a hat, what your hurry, get out of here, good riddance to bad rubbish, all those things we're hearing right now. How come he dominated the headlines then with these tweets? I think if you kind of look at the news vacuum you tend to find in the summer Mm -hmm. and the fact that it was controversial, controversy is always going to lead news Mm -hmm. coverage. Uh, You had Michelle Rempel on earlier. I caught it in the car on the drive over here tonight. And there you had a very substantive policy framework that she's putting forth on Mm -hmm. immigration that's going to include a big consultation with Canadians on coast to coast. Here we are 14 months out from a federal election and that's not getting any coverage. It's going to be all, it was all Maxim Bernier. So the fact that he did this before the convention starts I think does give Andrew Shear and the rest of them a chance to kind of really move forward as opposed to like constantly speculating all weekend on the margins of the convention of what's Maxine's end game. We know it. Maxine's ambitions and ego is the end game. And I think he's going to have a lot of challenges. There will definitely still be challenges for the party going forward. Uh, former Prime Minister Stephen Harper's policy director, Rachel Curran, had a tweet that caught a lot of coverage today talking about how Jerry Butts and the liberals must be popping champagne corks because yeah. uh, divided conservatives means mm-hmm. winning liberals. Mm-hmm. But there really is 
is no kind of support from what I've seen in today online uh, or constituencies for Maxime Bernier there. And I have no doubt he'll be able to file the paperwork to technically create a political party with Elections Canada, but to actually create a national political party with 338 candidates with 14 months to go and actually get a broad traction of uh, support amongst Canadians. I just don't see the appetite there amongst conservatives. How did it happen? You, I, you know, I could kind of hear this happening in the last little while. Is there an underbelly to politics right now? People who want to talk in a certain way, are we witnessing a little bit of a trend and we may be witnessing the end of a trend now that it's been blown open? Well, one of the things we've been seeing in politics for quite some time has been, uh, and we saw it in Trump, we saw it a bit in uh, Premier Ford, you know, there's this quote unquote authenticity with the the truth express, all of those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. At some point, though, those types of folks, whether it's the Tea Party in the U.S. or what have you, really can get away from uh, mainstream politics. So you you need to harness it in certain ways uh, and really captivate emotions. But how do you manage that through and create a, as the Tories used to say under Pre- uh, Prime Minister Harper, a strong, stable majority uh, conservative government? <laughs> Not really my cup of tea, but it uh, it certainly was a slogan that worked for them. People want to have their governments uh, it engaged. They want to have them caring about the economy. They want to have them feel like they they care about what's happening to them and are part of that journey, whether it's the economy or otherwise. So you try to tap into those things. You try to tap into a, an undercurrent of anger to get that change message. It, strong. But be careful what you wish for, because sometimes holding on to that hurricane is a very difficult thing. Well said. You know, as Kim describes that, what is your take on what's happening? Because we did hear it. I, 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 we can't always go by Twitter, but he had people supporting him. There were callers that were supporting that. There was a sense and a, a little bit of a criticism or a sometimes a severe criticism saying, Andrew Shear, he should be tougher. And we wondered maybe there was a faction of the Conservative Party looking for somebody that exemplified something else that's going on right now. So if you look at what's gone on south of the border and even more recently, contrast that to how Doug Ford put together a responsible coalition on these sorts Mm -hmm. of things. I think uh, conservatives, especially those who are particularly active online that you're kind of alluding to here, Arlene, need to ask themselves, do they want to be professional angry people who do nothing except uh, spew CO2 emissions in hot air while really winning no support and not winning anyone over to their side? Or do they actually want to do the hard work of building an electoral coalition that can actually win an election and form government to ultimately replace Justin Trudeau. And I think conservatives are going to continue to go down that road. They remember what it was like in the 90s and the early 2000s when the party was ripped apart and the right was divided. That means liberals win. They mm-hmm. remember what For was For a good. long time, liberals mm-hmm. win. Exactly. And I think there's no appetite uh, in this party to go back to rip it apart and go forward from there. We just saw a push in Alberta to unite the right after having the Wild Rose and the PC party there. And Jason Kenney's done a tremendous job there. So if you look at the real national, the genuinely national leaders, I don't mean the people who scream the loudest, but the genuinely national conservative leaders with strong conservative bona fides who no one would question and where they're going. They're preaching unity, they're preaching free enterprise, and they're looking to harness some of that anxiety that Kim talked about to constructively put it together for good. Although one of the things that the that Premier Ford said in his speech tonight, and you played the clip of it, it was a stand by your leader. 
I thought that was a bit strange, and that may have just been a slip of the tongue. Uh, but uh, last I checked, the the premier was also a progressive conservative, and that should have been his leader too. Uh, so he I did guess tweet that's, though that's he a did bit of a tweet question. support for Andrew Shear. Uh, absolutely, yeah. but in his speech, it was a stand by your leader. So I guess there's a question about some divisions and some old wounds and what have you, and uh, and who gets the bigger billing on on some stages. But it is certainly Andrew Shear's weekend. It is what he chooses to do with that weekend here in Halifax and with conservatives to really rally those troops going into the 2019 campaign. And frankly, he needs to put on a heck of a show. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We're going to put the Maxine Bernier Halifax whole thing. Let's put it on ice. I am not going to promise we we might not go. We may go back to it, but let's switch. When the word snitch line comes out, <laughs> people people pay attention. Absolutely. Now we know that Doug Ford has been uh, certainly he campaigned on what he was going to do for the school curriculum, and it was a bit controversial of course during the election campaign and now he has pulled out that there is a place they're calling it a snitch line educators who do not teach this new curriculum even though that they're still consulting they are going to be subject to ratting out let's use the word ratting out maybe all right kim i'm going to start with you what do you say about this is this just a reactionary politics pulling out a really electric term and applying it to this new premier well i think anytime you're saying please rat out your teachers or if you don't feel that these teachers and educators are doing their job please call us so we can ensure that there is disciplinary action i don't know what else you call that other than a snitch line um but what is particularly troubling, and it has been troubling to me from the very beginning of this discussion around education policy, is really pushing back into making students feel that they don't have the words and the terms to be able to explain what is happening to them uh, and whether it is uh, at home, in their community, uh, on the play yard. Uh, in in real terms, using the proper language. Having conversations about consent is a huge conversation that needs to be able to be emboldened. And when we start to look at that previous pre, uh, pre-Google, pre-Y2K uh, education curriculum, what particularly concerns me is it's also uh, conversations that we had prior to Spotlight before those types of conversations about uh, a molestation of children really became conversation that we needed to have to protect children. And anytime we're going back to a place where there isn't the proper words for that, there isn't a, com- a conversation about uh, same-sex marriage. Uh, there isn't a conversation about being okay with being part of the LGBT community. These things concern me as a society, and I look back to Retea Parsons' father saying, uh, if the curriculum that uh, was in place and Mm -hmm. uh, would have been in place, my daughter might still be alive. And I think we all, as people in the public spotlight, need to really take that to serious heart and help these kids uh, navigate through, especially when they have parents who may or may not be comfortable in using the proper terminology. But there you've raised it, and let's face it, this is not a modern discussion. It is 
is because of what has happened with gender and consent. Yep. But when I started as a young reporter in this town, this was happening when the word homosexuality was being brought up in the Toronto curriculum. Yep. And now we're at just a different point. Is it, I'll just stick with you for a moment before I turn to Jamie. Kim, is this about the lumping of together of, of this? You know, some of those different aspects to consent. Is it the fact that it's all pulled together? I think there are so many facets to this, up Mm -hmm. to and including the use of technology and how these conversations can unfold. I mean, if you look back to 1998 and the kind of phone you had, most people were still on a landline, let alone Mm -hmm. a phone that could send photographs and videos all over the world in an instant. How do we protect our children? How do we protect our communities? Really is required. And I look back at my hometown where the grade eight teacher is was now uh, finally uh, convicted of, mm. of, of attacking children in our schools. If those kids may have had the words and if we had those conversations and those honest dialogues, perhaps, hopefully, some of those kids' voices could have been heard. Kim making a lot of good points there. Jamie, I, I guess the bottom line is, is this up to the schools or is this up to the parents to decide how much and when? I think if you kind of bring this back to the politics of it, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, the Ontario PC party ran on a platform to reopen this issue. And with you see the premier's announcement yesterday, uh, this isn't going to be limited to the physical health and education curriculum, a.k.a. sex ed, as everyone Mm -hmm. calls it. It's actually going to expand it in terms of how you're modernizing the the rest of the curriculum. It's going to be very consultative. And that's a chance for people on all sides of the issue to come to the table. And I think some of the very genuine concerns that Kim just raised will find a home in this updated curriculum. But it'll also take a broader aspect of looking at the curriculum as a whole, including things like getting coding and STEM stronger STEM education into the classroom. So as you look at how Doug Ford has to fulfill this campaign promise, I think by putting a broader review of the entire curriculum and having a very big open public consultation about this, it allows him to manage the politics of this responsibly and ultimately get this right. You're right. You know, as Jamie mentions the politics and Kim, you raised all the modern issues, but the consultation is the key. We know that that's not being, um, that's not a word that was applied by Premier Ford to slashing the council. But the consultation is here. Is there a chance that there will be a sharing of this? Because that's part, that's the big part of this problem. People say, I'm the parents and I feel we're being bullied and bossed on what our children are learning. I mean, look, consultation is always one of those words that people use to support however Mm -hmm. they feel. The liberals, frankly, took a decade of consultation to get that sex ed curriculum to where it was. There has to be some conversations that also put the teachers into allowing them some flexibility. They see these students uh, quite a bit more than, frankly, a lot of other people do. We have to take that into account. There was consultation on this to suggest there wasn't uh, is being a bit disingenuous, but it's politics, and I get that. And the premier got himself elected as leader and got himself elected as premier in large part on this. I get that. But when you start playing politics with kids' lives and families' lives, and we're seeing an increase in all sorts of ways kids are being bullied, I'm really quite afraid that we're going to lose a generation of kids who don't actually understand the words and the concepts that should be taught in classrooms. What is the risk, Jamie, as we hear Kim, and it's all true, but the politics and the opportunity is is there for, for Doug Ford. What is the risk for him in this? I think the risk for him in this is that the 
kind of antiquated view of sex ed and being beholden to a very loud vocal minority uh, continue to dominate yeah. the politics mm-hmm. on this. Uh, but I think by going this consultative route, that really opens it up. I'm going to actually quote my former boss, Jason Kenney, mm-hmm. and something he had to say about the Maxim Bernier stuff today is in a, in a democratic pluralistic society, you always get to have your say, but you don't always get to have your way. And if you look like at it. how there's a large contingent of people who felt like they weren't included in that consultation process, I know Kathleen Wynne did her consultations across the province and had like one parent from every school, I think, nominated to take part. Uh, it wasn't so much open. This government is taking a very open approach. Those who do want to have their say will feel respected. They will be heard. And I think ultimately it gives the premier a chance to get this right so that we can put this issue to bed and get on to bigger things that ultimately And it's going to be a test for Doug goes. Ford. It's a test for Doug Ford, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's very much a test of reasonableness and how he can maintain kind of people who are middle of the road voters who probably probably aren't overly political uh, in their day to day in maintaining support for his government in this. What kind of misstep, what risk are, are you seeing here, Kim? You're- There's a lot of different ways that this can unfold. And for me, I frequently in politics uh, go back to Daniel Patrick Moynihan. You're entitled to your opinions, but you're not entitled to your facts. And hopefully mm-hmm. that will also be part of this conversation and the consultation and ultimately what comes out of this curriculum. There are too many things at risk. Uh, there are too many children at risk who will ultimately be the decision makers and the public policy makers going forward. And if we don't get this right, I, I am fearful of what that means for generations to come. All right. Thank you both. Kim Wright, VP Public Affairs, Hill and Knowlton Municipal Affairs. Kim, great to have you. Jamie Ellerton, Principal at Canaptus PR. Is that lavender you wear? <laughs> Always a, a pleasure, Elaine. Is that a... Yeah, it's an interesting color. summer jacket. Foot, foot in both camps. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.